This is African Perspective, getting to know Africa with Safrikan. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, our time right now is 8 minutes past 12, or right here on IFM 8.3. 8. And uh, of course, this is time for African Perspective. On the line now, I've been joined by our brother, uh, Farouk Ronnie Shumba, who is also an opinion writer. He is an accountant, of course, as I said earlier on. And of course, uh, he writes, he has written so many things about Africa and of course about uh, the, the happenings of Zimbabwe, the politics and all that stuff. Thanks for agreeing to speak to us today. For you as a person who has uh, you know who, who who actually have first hand experience of the late Mugabe uh, Mugabe regime I should say uh, what kind of a leader was he I mean politically and uh, as a normal pay- a citizen uh, I think Mugabe you have to describe him maybe like you know from maybe history as a liberator you have to give him credit mm. then as a leader or as a president of a nation you have to describe him as an absolute failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Robert Mugabe, if we're looking at maybe the millions of Zimbabweans that are in economic exile from Zimbabwe, mm. speaks of the failure of him to lead the country. I think if you stress back, even in the beginning when you go back to the 80s, the man believed in a one-party state. He never believed in democracy. He believed in absolute power for himself. Mm. And that's the system he perpetuated until, like, you know, uh, he got removed from power. Okay. Yeah. We he spoke a he spoke a good game. Like uh, as a Pan African, as a believer in Pan Africanism, Robert Mugabe would appeal uh, to you with rhetoric. You would speak nice things, mm. but maybe uh, so his speeches and his actions are opposite. He is a man who, like in uh, 2003, he destroyed uh, houses for people and small businesses in an operation called Marambachina, mm. like uh, uh, tra- uh, throughout debt. He displaced 700,000 people from uh, the major cities. Those people, we don't know what happened to them, like because nobody does a follow-up. But I'm telling you, because most of the people lost their livelihoods, they were pushed to the rural areas, they were pushed to uh, farms and other places. Mm. Most of them probably died or had to live, like, you know. So this is a man who did everything absolutely so for power. Yes. So there's no, no any, any follow-up that happened after after that, that incident? Marambakina, no one really traced to see what happened to the people that were moved. Where were they? They were sent somewhere, but at the end of the day, if you displace people, like it's like a war, if you displace people mm. from their livelihood, just like what's happening now, you displace people that some people obviously are going to suffer a lot. Yeah. We don't know the consequences. Some people maybe were going to hospital for treatment, some people, but they had to be moved from uh, the urban centers because all you were trying to do was to displace the urban quarter. That was the mission. But at the cost of, uh, like, you know, of like of moving 700,000 people from the cities. So if you look at him in that way, like we, we talk about land. People people are burning out the fact that, like, Mugabe left Zimbabweans with land. Mm. Who has land? Let's count Zimbabweans and we stand up and say 4 million Zimbabweans have land. That is a lie. He himself had multiple farms. His ministers had multiple farms. Only ZANU-PF members and war veterans obtained land. Because it was a system of patronage, we are still we are still waiting for a land audit to see who's got land and then we redistribute that land properly. We are we agree with the land reform program, but then we even if you go to anyone in Zimbabwe, they say we want a land audit. Why do you want a land audit? Because the land never went to. The, we replaced the white farmer with a few ZANU PF oligarchs. That's all. That's all that happened. It's not land reform. They talk about maybe indigenization. People were stealing firms from other people. Still mm. patronage. They get a company, they break it down, 
and it's gone. Mm. You know. There's quite a lot of things that are, that are, been, are being said right now about the late Mugabe. You know, we, we're talking about the mixed reactions there. That, that just gives him that credit saying that he was a very, very complex and a very controversial man, you know. Um, so now talking about uh, the legacy that he has left behind, because some people are saying that, uh, you know, he actually fought for Africans, he fought for Zimbabweans, and he fought for his country, while others are saying no, actually, he's not actually fight for us, but he fought for himself. So what, what do you say about this? I say he fought for himself. You know, people can say he did he had good policies, like maybe in the early 80s where he expanded the education system, expanded healthcare, and so in the beginning, he, when he was still a socialist, when he was still like a... When he's, when he's still when he's coming from the bush, when he was still a socialist, he had some good policies that we cannot uh, take away from him, right? Mm. But at the end of the day, if he fought for Zimbabweans, why are Zimbabweans right now, like I can count my schoolmates that are letters, but why are Zimbabweans spread all over the world searching for a piece of bread? If he fought for Zimbabweans, if, like, you know, because people want to tell us how to feel about this man, what pan-Africanism is that that pushes almost every able-bodied citizen to look for the biggest achievement is to get a passport and a visa to, to leave the country. Mm. That is the achievement Zimbabweans now crave for. If you have a passport and a visa, you are happy because you can leave the country. That's how bad the country has become under his governance. So he had theory. Theoretically, whatever he was saying, theoretically was right. But whatever he implemented was wrong. We look at the diamond mine. Let, let me give you, let me, let me take you to the, the, like how bad this Pan-African is. There's an area called Chiazwa. Here's where they found diamonds. Raw people were mining those diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. If he was the Pan-African that he was, he would have come and empowered those people. But you know what he did? Mm. They sent in the army, they shot the people out, they moved the villagers from Chiazwa. Who came mm-hmm. in? The Chinese, the Indians, and the army. Oh. According to himself, $15 billion disappeared from that mining field. There, was, there is no local in Chiazwa, no black local person in Chiazwa who benefited from those diamonds, and people say he's a Pan-African. So, it's like when, it's like when we talk to people that maybe we talk about Marikana and we ignore Marikana. Chiadwa is maybe ten times more than Marikana. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I hear you there. So now, you know, as as you are giving me these these facts here, um, let's just take a look at uh, you know the state of Zimbabwe right now. Where where actually is it? How how are things that side? Okay, uh, because of Mugabe's failure to choose a leader or to create a political system that helped us to go forward, we have replaced one detector with another detector. We have Emerson Mnangaga, we, 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 we hoped, mm. was going maybe to uh, usher in what's called in a new dispensation. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, <laughs> this man is Western Mugabe. He's even more clueless. He's still another looter. All they're doing is accumulating wealth. Right now, conditions in Zimbabwe, okay, they change the currency, for example. Let me let me give you an example. People were earning, let's say, uh, $200, right, in US dollars. Mm. Then they um, made a currency, uh, a Zimbabwean currency. It trades at 1 to 10, for example, mm. right? Mm. But they give salaries to teachers, $200. That's $200 in that new currency. But when you convert it onto the market, it's 1 to 200 times 10 should be 2000 they should have done it. They should have given the person two thousand, but they still give them two hundred dollars. The fifty percent to survive. The money for transport right now is not enough. It doesn't even match the salary that the teacher or the poor civil servant is earning. This is like one example. This guy charters a plane from I think the UAE mm-hmm. uh, to come to World Economic Forum, to go to Bulawayo, to go to Japan for the eight-minute meeting. Or I don't know how long the minute was. He charters a plane. 
in his around in a is it an airbus i forget uh, the description of the plane this is the man that is now leading zimbabwe so the leaders they seek comfort because now we we, we actually don't get something here uh the the country was it sanctioned because of um his his facing of the what you call western rulers uh, or, or maybe yeah. it's yeah no we uh, we, uh, we have to agree sanctions are uh, partly because he was challenging the west by removing their keep and killing the white men so by him taking the farms i'm sure if it was africans taking land from each other uh there would have been no sanctions uh, number one number two though what happened during that process when there's resistance from the black people, like from fellow other people, opposition, there was a lot of violence. In 2002, I think about 300 people died in political violence, mm. right? Mm. So, like, so, he, he sanctions, like, it's multifaceted. At the present moment, the land reform, everybody accepts it's gone, right? But we see sanctions because the government is refusing to reform. They don't want to, to, to level the democratic uh, playing field. They don't want to implement democratic principles. I personally don't agree with sanctions because I think the, the person who suffers the most is the ordinary person. They are still able to buy their fancy cars. They are still uh, able to stay in fancy hotels. He's still able to go to get treatment in Singapore where he died. Mm. The vice president right now, General Chiwenga, I think is in China mm. uh, for treatment. So... I think sanctions, at the end of the day, do not show up the ordinary men. So, like, as a policy, they are not helpful at all. all right. But the reason for sanctions is twofold. We accept, obviously, imperialists and imperialism. We want to force uh, their views on us. So, obviously, when you are attacking the land, you are attacking white people. And, obviously, they defend, like, Pete and King. That is the truth. But over and above that, when people were trying to protest or people were trying to uh, ask for democracy or ask for their rights, there was a lot of oppression. Mm, so, arrested and so, all that. Yeah, so, so he gave them the excuse to implement sanctions. So the excuse is given because they asked him, uh, allow people to protest, allow people to vote freely and fair, allow, allow, uh, align your laws to your constitution. You mm. know, there are things that are there that sanctions are, are very easy to remove because they've been given targets. Their okay. targets are very simple. Implement democratic principles. Let the rule of uh, law work. Respect property rights. Hmm. You see, so right now, if maybe I have a small mind there and I'm not aligned politically, they can still take my mind from me. Okay, but but then but then what 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 has been failing now for Zimbabwe to to remove all those sanctions and then re- and revive the the economy right now, because uh, we we believe it's the, that it's, it's the lack of willingness. Democracy threatens Zanu-PF. Zanu-PF wants to stay in power, hmm. so they are not willing to have a functional country where the rule of law is respected, where property rights are expected, where elections are free and fair. They refuse to implement those policies. All right. you, you know, there's quite something very interesting that you posted on your blog on WordPress some other time. I think it was last year, 20, uh, December 2018. You said, so, I mean, the title of, of the blog says, Waiting for a Savior, Why Zimbabweans Should Take Control of Their Own Destiny. So yes. you said something here that's saying that uh, I think Zimbabweans should act to free themselves and develop the nation. So do you think that uh, Zimbabweans actually have a chance to revive its, uh, um, the, the economy? But how yes. can then that happen? I, I think, uh, for me, my view is because I think uh, Zimbabweans should forget about obtaining political power from this government, mm. and then maybe we start empowering ourselves. Uh, I wrote that article, uh, I think, uh, shortly afterwards, there was a cyclone, um, Idai. Mm. Not only die, uh, there's a guy called Freeman Chari. Mm-hmm. He raised maybe about $100,000. He managed to redo about three schools, toilets, mm. houses, mm. and stuff. You see, all mm. this was a citizen movement. So I'm trying to say Zimbabweans, because we have been depending on the government so much, and the government has failed us, 
it's time we stop, we ignore the government completely and we start uplifting ourselves without the government. What legacy has uh, Robert Mugabe left behind uh, besides his, uh, what you call, his controversial uh, political views? Uh, okay, for us, okay, we feel that's from oppression, but back to what we are oppressed again, so that one day is, doesn't really count. Maybe some might say uh, the education system, but I think, like, you know, I look at myself, my father paid for my education, mm. not like it's like any other person. Uh, for me, I think he, like he destroyed the country that was, he, 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 he destroyed the country that was functional, and he left a broken shell, a broken home, a burnt village, all in the name of returning power. Mugabe should have left power in 1990, mm. maybe 10 years in power, because that's, that's when he had done his massive um, like social, socialist programs where he had, uh, like, you know, uh, built up the education system and everything. And then maybe after that, maybe we would have, like, you know, because, like, some of the problems that we, we inherited are obviously because of socialism. Socialism is, ex- is expensive, mm. so you had to borrow money from the IMF afterwards and all those things, so you, so you had to, uh, to do social adjustments. But... If he had left power, if it wasn't for returning power, in 2000 when the MTC was supposed to take power, if it wasn't for election rigging, violence and all those things, we would respect him as a liberator mm. and as a person who had educated this nation. Mm. But I'm telling you what education is there when, like, you know, every single... Like, I think there's people that have been born after us that they have, don't even know what a job is mm. in a country. Because... People, uh, some people think like land is the only factor of production. Land is, like, when we talk about economics, we talk about capital, we talk about labor, we talk about land, right, and entrepreneurship, right? Mm. We, when we look at Zimbabwe, if you give us land, land is like the primary, primary, like, you know, stage of production. Okay. Where does the labor go? You can't save it with labor, you can't take it without capital, without, without entrepreneurship. So I think what he did was simply he destroyed an economy all to remain in power. That is his legacy. And uh, court, I think when my uncle was speaking, he told me one thing, that you can't judge a man uh, who runs a marathon on how well he started. He judges, he judges him on how he finishes marathon. And Mugabe, when he finishes marathon, he was dead last. All right. I'll keep that court in mind. Thanks so much for your time, brother. Thank you. All right. Um, that was uh, brother Shumba there giving us his views on uh, Zimbabwe's politics. Anyway, we'll be right back just after this. Um, dum, um, dum, this is African Perspective, getting to know Africa with Safari Kanu.